0: Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, I was really encouraged by communion, and something that Francis said resonated with me because when I was a boy, I used to, um, I used to. Um, farm silkworms <laughs> i say farm i didn't want to say breed I said farm silkworms and you know you get you know how they come about they're grubs eh you know they're grubs and they become butterflies and uh, but there's a stage that they go through when they just go into these they spin cocoons and doesn't look like much is happening and the word the word tells us about the transformation that takes place in our lives when we give our life to jesus there's a there's a metamorphosis And so we all go from that place of being kind of, uh, can I say grubby, um, to a place where we are beautiful in the eyes of God, you know. So, amen? God is good. I just uh, want to just recap quickly. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the secret of the Lord. In the first week, we spoke about revere or reverence. And last week, we spoke about longing. And there you go. Um, Jim used a scripture in communion there that once again told us that he, of that longing that Jesus had. And this week I want to move on to another one, which is touch. So um, we're talking about touch this week. Um, Last week we spoke about how, we were speaking about marriage and how our understanding of marriage in a biblical sense reveals more about God's heart towards us, hallelujah. You know, God's, God has a heart that loves us and longs for us. And he wants to be in covenant with us. He wants to en- engage in an intimate relationship with you, amen? He wants to engage in an intimate relationship with you. And, um, you know, our, 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 the marriage of Jesus Christ to his church, us being his bride is really a mirror of how our earthly marriages should be. Alas, that's not the case. A lot of times, earthly marriages are not built on that heavenly foundation or that covenant that God wanted us to build it on. But there's no doubt about it. The deeper we go in relationship with God, the more he'll reveal to us about himself. Amen? The deeper we go, the more he will reveal himself. The more he'll reveal about your present and your future. I've not met anyone who doesn't want to know more about their future. Everyone wants to know what's next, what's going to happen next, what's the next step, what do I need to do? And the more, the, the, the more intimate we get with him, the more he reveals his plans and his purposes to us. And the more intimate we get with him, the more present he will be in our lives. The more present that he will be, amen? So the, the, what seems to be coming through here is that the deeper that we go, the more will be revealed, okay? And isn't that just the way in so in life so much? The deeper we go, The further we go to discover, to find out, the more is revealed to us. And um, I want to go to a scripture in James chapter 4, verse 8. And in the New King James, it says there, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. But it says the most important thing, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. When it talks about being double-minded there, it means having divided loyalties. So um, the word says, no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. you will either love the one and the other one will get a bad deal or vice versa. Amen? We can only serve one master. And so he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Now, it's interesting what the Passion Translation says there. It says, move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. But if you read that in in Aramaic, which is one of the languages that Jesus spoke, it would say this, move your heart closer and closer to God and he will be touching you. Amen? Amen? Move your heart closer and closer to God and he will be touching you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Amen? So God can and he will touch our lives. Amen? Can and will touch our lives. He is able and he is willing to do it. Amen? And we hear this often, at least I do. You hear people saying, I just want a touch from God. I just want to experience God's touch. You know, I want a touch from God. And people will do anything or go anywhere to get a touch from God. But it's really as simple as when you draw near unto me, I will draw unto you as if to touch you. Amen. You know, I've found out one thing about um, touching or touch you have to be in close proximity. do it. Amen? To touch anything, you have to be close to it. And that woman with the issue of blood, do we all know that story? The woman with the issue of blood knew something inside of her knew, if only I can touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I will be healed. If only I can touch. And in Luke chapter 8, in verse 46, this is awesome. It says there but Jesus said someone deliberately touched me for I felt healing power going out of me so some here's Jesus saying someone has touched me on purpose it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a casual. It wasn't a brush. It was someone deliberately touched me. And I want to make a f- uh, highlight a few points about touch when it comes to our relationship with our Father God this morning. And the first one is, touch must be deliberate. Touch must be deliberate. Okay. And if we read that sort of same story in Mark chapter 5 from verse 25 to 34, it says this, it says a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Um, in the Old Testament, anything associated, associated with loss of life, um, loss of blood, anything like that was considered um, impure. So if there was bloodletting, blood, all of that, was, there, was, there was rituals and, and, and laws in place in the Old Testament that that would impact on, you couldn't go to a sacred space or anywhere if that was the case. So um, you've got to, we, when you read this story, you, we've got to kind of understand it from the supernatural worldview of an Israelite of the time. Okay, here's this lady who is not supposed to be anywhere near People or Jesus, because she had this issue of blood. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. So she'd given spent all her money trying to get well. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him. It's like she could imagine her sneaking up on Jesus. She came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? My robe. His disciples said to him, well, Look at everyone here. There's throngs of people, and you turn around and you say, Who touched me? You know, you can imagine the look of what's going on here. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Amen? Touch gets a response. Touch elicits a response. When we deliberately Look, reach out to touch. There will be a response, amen. What can we do to touch the Father's heart that would draw power from His realm and deposit it in ours? What can we do to touch the Father's heart? Now we understand that um, Jesus made a way for us to have power, and who's? How did that come? The Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to, um, uh, to, he empowers us for service for Christ, for the Father. But many times I believe that our Christian walk, our effectiveness can be enhanced if we do something that touches the Father's heart, that gets God's attention. Amen. Because otherwise, Christianity can be very passive. And we wonder why not much is happening, not much is going on. But we have not reached out to touch the Father's heart. And I believe when we touch the Father's heart, that opens the door for the Holy Spirit to just power, power, power. It's that it's always, I've always known, it's the first step, that brave and courageous first step that unleashes the power of heaven on earth. Amen. In Matthew chapter nine, verse 20 to 22, it talks about the same story in the harmony of the gospels. A woman who'd suffered for 12 years came up behind Jesus, touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well and the woman was healed at that moment. The woman was healed at that moment. Touch is immediate. There's no, there's no delay. If I went up to Alex and touched Alex right now, he would immediately know that I touched him. He wouldn't wait five minutes and say, someone, I think someone touched me. Touch is immediate. Touch is immediate. And sometimes we need to touch uh, um, using this um, analogy, it's almost like we have to touch the hem of Jesus' garment immediately because we want, you know, because at the moment of the touch comes the deliverance. her, Her healing came at the very moment that she touched. When her faith, and when the opportunity came, her faith was ready, she knew as soon as that opportunity is there and I touch Jesus' robe, I will be healed. It was immediate. Amen. So, remember last week we were speaking about the impartation, and I was trying not to make it very awkward, <laughs> but here's the deal. To, Im- to impart something or to impregnate something, you have to bring the seed to the soil. Without that happening, there is no fruit. Amen. Amen. To impart something, you have to bring the seed to the soil. Without that happening, there is no fruit. So a lot of times, proximity, touch, closeness is the key to fruit, to happenings, to deliverances, to healings, to to victories, to overcomings. Amen? Amen. And I'm speaking personally, but in my own life, I've been, uh, there's been far too many approximations. Approximately, you know, this is good enough. This is close enough. But I found out to my own cost that my approximations were really far from the mark of where I should have been. And approximately doesn't work in the kingdom of God approximately, God has given, you know, so thankful. We talked about it already this morning, but God has given us so much grace to be errant, to be, you're not really supposed to be there, David. You're supposed to be here, okay? And he's just graced us that way. But I just lived my life approximately for years. It's in the ballpark but I wasn't, I didn't, I, I believe that I would have been able to accomplish so much more and be, if I had just been in the sweet spot of the, of the Father's will for my life. And I wasn't, I was, was far away from it. And, and, and I have to remain there. So I want to, I want something that I do to touch the Father's heart every day. Not that he forgets about us or that he'll forget about me. I'd, I'd thought many times I'd submitted to God's voice, but I really hadn't. And I want to talk about this man in um, Chronicles, in 2 Chronicles, chapter 25, verse 2. This, this man called Amaziah, this king called Amaziah. He was 25 years old when he became the king, and he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoiada of Jerusalem. And here's the, here is the verse... That got me. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Hallelujah. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Job done. Yeah? No. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. He did what was right. He was in the ballpark. He was approximately doing the right thing, everything, but his, he had divided loyalties. His heart was divided. Amen. We can be good people and do good things, but we can be strangers to God. Amen. We can enjoy the benefits and the blessings that come from being involved in God's work, but our longing for him has dried up and vanished. You know, this chapter in James that we started off with, its main message to us, if you look at it in context, is submit to God. You know that verse, submit, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, yeah? It's so simple for humans to do this. To do what? To let go, to submit, to surrender. But the benefits of us doing it are life-changing, life-altering. Your life will be changed forever if you let go and this is one of those Christian cliches let go and let God, but it's true. Amen. And this touch from God that we've been talking about is so powerful that it can actually physically materialize. Now, you're all thinking of the hand of God now <laughs> coming down, you know, but this. God's touch is so powerful, bear with me on this, it can physically materialize and it produces a compelling force that can actually physically restrict us or limit us from doing certain things. Or it can release us to only doing certain things to the exclusion of all else. Well, what are you talking about? What are you, where are you going with this now? What do I mean? I'm talking about God's hand. If you look at his touch that was on the life of Paul, we spoke about Paul last week. It was on Paul's life. And what did Paul say about God's hand in his life? He said, God's love constrains me. Some translations say God's love compelled me or controls me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, this is in the old King James, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. The New Living Translation puts it slightly in an easier to understand fashion. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Amen? Amen. So, here we see God's touch God's hand in Paul's life. And, and, and Paul, Paul touched the father's heart, no doubt about it. Because in every season, even the bad ones, he, kept, he stayed on mission, all right? Paul was driven by love. He says, the love of Christ constrains me. In other words, I, I physically, I can't do anything else but do what God you've asked me to do because your love is compelling me to do it just think about this put this working in our own lives he wasn't driven by money or by status or to get and make a name for himself his mission was to live for jesus and to make jesus great to make jesus known that was the mission And he longed after the church, all those letters he wrote to the churches, he longed after the church because the love of God held him to his station, and he could not do anything else but that. Amen? He couldn't do anything else. There was something in Jesus' life that compelled Jesus to go to the cross. Jesus could have given up, Francis put it beautifully this morning, but Jesus could have given up after the first scourge, after the first time his face was spat in. After, he could have given up, but he endured the road to the cross because the love of the Father was in him. Amen? The love of, of his Father was in him. And the question I want to ask every week now, I'm I'm putting questions out there for for us all to go and meditate on. What has a hold over us? What has a hold over us? What controls what we include or exclude from our lives? For Paul, there was, I mean, what a life. It wasn't complicated. It, must, it couldn't have been complicated. If you can praise the Lord in prison, life's not too complicated, is it? Amen? You can agree. You know, he, was, he lived a simple life, simple surrender, simplicity of life, simple love, and he could do it anywhere, and he proved it. I can do this life anywhere. As long as I've got you with me, Lord, I can live this life anywhere. Paul was a lover of God first, and then a lover of God's people. And this is where it can be difficult in our Christian walks, but we must long for God. And if we long for God, we have to long for people. <laughs> Amen? We have to long for people. Well, you know, we, can, we can't be like, Lord, Lord, I love you, but please take these people away from me. <laughs> Just take some people out of my life. Take these people. I love you, but no. If we don't love people with the love of God, then we, if we'll never understand them. We've got to love people. To be able to understand people, you've got to love them. Otherwise, you can't be bothered. But if you truly love someone, you will You'll go, you'll, you'll go deep. You'll go deeper. You'll understand them. And I think that when people discover that, they're, that someone wants to understand their life, that softens their heart and it prepares the way for Jesus to, for that prayer where, where they will say, Father God, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Something has to till the soil. Love does it. Reaching out to someone to the point of, I want, I, I, I hear, not, not just I hear you, but I understand what you mean. Let me tell you, I understand what you're going through. I know what it is you're going through. We sometimes think that people just complicate our lives. Less people equals less complications. Less people, less complications. Yeah, that formula works, doesn't it? Yeah. But Christianity isn't complicated. But remember what we said last week, we have an enemy, Satan, who through his cunning craftiness wants to beguile us by complicating everything. It's got to be a ritual for this and a formula for that and this is how you do that. You know, I could say it this way. Satan wants to complicate the hell into your life, not out of your life. Satan wants to complicate the hell into your life, not out of it. He will do whatever he can to complicate your life and to bring heartache, strain. You know, we're we're discovering right now, thanks be to God, that you know when your when your children get past their teenage years, you still you're still compelled there's still so much of an attachment to them you 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 know and you we still are concerned about about their choice their decisions the ways they're taking you know it's, it's just it's it's it, it, you know and so sometimes there are things that weigh that weigh on us but we've got to give them to the to Jesus we've got to give them away we've got to give them away we can't keep on carrying them He's the burden carrier. Well, I, I, I don't care how strong you are in this place. You could be, you know, you could be the size of Gordon and Bill. Or you could be like, like we Marlene. But yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your physical size. We were not designed to carry that kind of burden. Jesus says, I'm going to take it from you. And we can build upon that sure foundation, who's Jesus Christ, Jesus was the master of making things simple to understand. After all, it was him who said these simple things, I am the way. Follow me. To hold on to your life is to lose it, but to give it away is to find it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Love your enemies. How do you like that one? Keep it simple, everyone. Just love your enemies. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Ask, and it shall be given. Here's a a big one don't worry. And I discovered uh, that that was not a suggestion, it's a command. It's a command. Jesus commands us do not worry, fear not. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. There's, no. there's nothing complicated about that. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Complication over. My problem, well, maybe. And all of a sudden, I've opened the floodgates to m- complications. Let your yes be yes and your no be, be no. Simple sayings, simple instructions, simple parables. And I've come to the conclusion that Christianity doesn't come alive when the conditions are perfect. You've heard me saying that before. I used to wait until all the numbers lined up. You know, on the on the 12th of the 12th, 2012, I'll turn over a new leaf. That means something because everything is lines up. Gosh. Of course, that didn't last long. So then, well, on the 2nd of the... You know, you're on to the next, you know, um, uh, cosmic, (laughs) you know, thing. Everything's got to, all the ducks have to be in a row. And God says, no, you're wasting time. You can't afford to live your life like that. You have to make a decision now. You have to make a decision now to live for me, to want to, to want to engage with me, to have a relationship with me. Don't, don't, don't keep on making things complicated. So it's not, Christianity is not at its best when the conditions are all perfect. It's actually most alive and life-given when the conditions are horrible and stacked against us. And we make a choice in the middle of all of that, just like right now, where there's a mass, mass confusion and I think a spirit of rebellion regarding another lockdown, And all sorts of, actually, confusion and complications in this land right now. And in the middle of all that, if we make a choice to hold on to, let me find somewhere where it's got them. Hold on to the red letters. You know the red letters, the ones that Jesus spoke. Hold on to the red letters to hold on to God's word and his promises, amen, then that's when Christianity is at its best. That's when it flourishes, amen. And to close this morning, and next week I wanna just, we're gonna be talking about, I'm gonna be talking about, um, I'll keep this series named The Secret of the Lord. Because it's things that I believe that unlock more of God's will and desire for our lives. But next week, I want to speak about sacred space. I want to speak about um, what we ho- Do we know what is sacred? Do we even know what is sacred anymore? And I want to talk about that next week. But before... Um, we close, I want to read Ephesians 3.13 to you. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able, hallelujah, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Be rooted and grounded in love. When we do that, you will touch the heart of the Father. Love conquers all. We do everything, if we do everything because of love. Amen. Amen. Not in spite of it, but because of it. It'll touch God's heart. And that'll bring a response. I believe it'll bring a response. And you will not have to tarry. I believe that it it will be his will and his good pleasure to respond to you when we reach out to him. But it all begins with being rooted and grounded in love by being constrained, by being constrained by the love of Christ in us. Hallelujah. And so... We pray for a Holy Ghost impartation to impregnate every one of us with wisdom and knowledge, discernment, and the revelation that opens the door for us and prepares the way for us to take steps onto our true destiny. Amen. And this church has a destiny, and you have a destiny like we prayed for we released Karen and Ian last week on Sunday they have a destiny we all have a destiny in Christ Jesus and um it doesn't matter where you are you could you you might be in a tough place right now like a wilderness place like like King David was in the Psalms but even in that wilderness place, he says, my my heart, my soul longs after you. And God will lead us. He'll lead you out of that dry and dust. He'll lead you out of that wilderness place. Amen. David just kept on blessing the name of the Lord. I will lift your name up in the sanctuary. I will lift your name up in the congregation of of the assembly. I will never stop lifting your name up, Father God. No matter how wild this country gets, lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.